Hi, everybody. Had a little uh, technical difficulty there. You know, sometimes my uh, Streamlabs does cockeyed things, and it will take your microphone off and all that kind of crazy stuff. But welcome. Welcome to Tuesday. Welcome to the 15-Minute Rev. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. Glad to see you. Got a word for you today. I'm not even going to say I'm going to have a word. I just, this is my quiet time consisted of today. And so I'm going to share it with you. Hope you enjoy it. But uh, sorry about before. Um, I had to restart it all and delete the other videos because it was just confusing. But welcome to 15 Minute Rep. I hope you like the background. It's a lot of fun. Have a lot of fun doing it. Um, got a few things to talk to you about. Hi, Ida. How are you? Good afternoon this afternoon. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what the Lord's showing me and seeing if it kind of jives with your world to see what God's been showing you. The Lord's been talking to me about justice entering in now. Deeper we're entering in justice is entering, and then we're entering into deeper darkness. The Lord says we're also entering into the crosshairs of God, the crosshairs of God. So if this jives with you, then stay tuned, because I think the conversation is going to get even more interesting as we delve deeper into where we're walking right now. If you finished C2, hopefully you did. Hopefully you made it out through the eye of God into the other side. How do you know that? Because things should be feeling light and airy around you right now. You should have felt a shift today. A um, little, little bit yesterday, but even more so today, I think. Because I think that as we, hey, guys, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I had fun with the graphics today. It's a lot of fun. But um, sorry about the uh, technicality issues. Sometimes Streamlabs just gets cockeyed. And so you just have to deal with it and start it. And we'll just keep coming back and keep coming back. So anyway, here we go. So, yeah, so after C2, though, you should be feeling, hey, James, you should be feeling a shift. You should be feeling a shift if you made it through. If not, things are going to be the same around you. And so hopefully you made it through. How do, how do you know this? Well, for one, I was just describing for people started bouncing on uh, that you should be feeling a light and airiness around you right now. You should also be sensing coming up into higher levels of truth where you're able to see things differently that you weren't able to see before. Deeper into situations, deeper into people's hearts, deeper into your own heart. Hopefully yours first. Start with you first. But this is the shift that comes with obeying God as you work your way through C2, going to the different level, to the new level in love. Hopefully that was you. <clears throat> so now we're seeing what's the witchcraft hitting you with as well. We're still seeing witchcraft on the other side. That's to be expected. Sometimes we don't always have a, you know, a smooth transition. It's not always as easy as we'd like it to be because there's always going to be pressure on the other side because the enemy's not happy that you've made it through. So now that you've stepped in, hopefully to contraction point three, getting ready for the high holy days, hallelujah, you should be seeing, starting to see a lot of angelic movement. Not so much at the beginning of C3, but really at the latter point of C3, moving into C4. As you get into uh, September, um, especially October. October, we're going to be dealing with a lot more demonic again because of the, the uh, demonic days there. But especially in November, December. Oh, my goodness. I tell everybody, keep a pen and paper beside your bed during these sessions or during these seasons. Because when you're in November, December, C4 seasons, the angels are coming in to usher in the presence of God, but they're also bringing in new revelation about 2023, 
about the year coming up. And so you're going to want to be tracking with these things. You're going to want to be writing these things down because most likely, I don't know about you, but for me, God gives me bits and pieces and then he gives me the whole picture for the coming year. And so that's how he shows me what's coming. But what's witchcraft coming at you with right now? And if you're new to the 15-minute rev, by the way, welcome. Welcome to the 15-minute rev. Again, I'm Dr. Missy Hood, so we want to welcome you today. But what's witchcraft hitting you with? We're seeing it on all seven mountains. But we're seeing the enemy trying to shut down God's people by having evil people place their mouth gates on others. They're trying to abuse authority. They're trying to abuse whatever little bit of power they think that they have. And this don't limit to the spirit. Don't limit this to the spirit. It's on all seven mountains. We're seeing it everywhere because the enemy cannot afford for the truth to come forth. Remember, the truth sets us free and we're free indeed, right? So when the truth starts coming forward in spirit on a vessel, that means that 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 vessel is starting to step into resurrection power to where we start living and breathing, eating and sleeping God, where he uses our vessel day in and day out to walk in the earth through. He's using your vessel to walk in the earth again. It's Jesus in skin all over again. That's the closer you're walking to love at that point. And so we're seeing this happen, but the enemy can't afford for this to happen. So he's trying to shut it down. Got to shut it down because he knows what follows is revival. Hello, revival's already started. You can't stop it. You can't keep a good man down nor a good woman. And so that's the good news for you. But we're seeing the enemy trying to shut God's people down by putting their mouth gates on others, whether it be through the secular or whether it be through the spiritual. And you're seeing it in the spiritual through prayers, decrees, speech, abusing the courtrooms of heaven, things like that. And so, you know what? Don't get disheartened. Don't do that. Because I'm telling you, this is a test for you. For those of you, hopefully, that are passing the test, I'm hoping you're passing the test, that you're running to God with your concerns. You're not repaying evil with evil. You're not doing that. Because that's not God, right? That's not God. So you're not going publicly. You're not making a fool of yourself and putting your mouth back on people and doing all these evil things. That's called repaying evil with evil and trying to get your point out there because your heart needs to be heard. But you know what? Only God needs to hear your heart. Only God needs to hear your heart. So what they don't know, though, is when they're touching righteous vessels, there's a there's a consequence for that. There's a consequence of that, especially when you know the vessel is righteous and you know that they do serve God. And so the Lord says, Lord saying to these people in this hour, he's saying, you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to do that? You want to put your mouth all over my anointing? Lord saying, because judgment has arrived and justice is right behind it. So I don't know about you, but for me this morning, I woke up and the Lord said, I want you to start releasing justice, asking me for justice. I thought, oh my goodness. And I know when it's a word from the Lord. All it takes is one word from the Lord to change things. I knew that judgment was coming. But when the Lord says justice, I knew that because just judgment is already here, that justice is right behind it. So God is going to start righting a lot of wrongs. Now he's going to start forcefully aligning people. And it may cost you something you were never willing to pay. It may cost you something. So if you're one of those mouth gates that keeps doing that and letting your mouth drown everybody like a waterfall, then you may be experiencing the fruit of your own lips. You may be eating the fruit of your own lips. Proverbs 1, 32 to 34. I'm going to be quoting some scripture to you today. But remember that God told us that he was bringing justice, not revenge. He's not a God of revenge. Now, he will repay. God does repay. 
but he's bringing true, true justice. And those mouth gates that have sown bad seeds in past seasons are about to reap last season's harvest. Remember, I've always told you guys, hi, good afternoon, everybody. <clears throat> I've always told you guys that we live, and it's it, this is site sourcing Kenneth Copeland. Hey, Janet. Kenneth Copeland says that we live by a season of seed plus time equals harvest. Well, how well do you do in the time portion of that test? Because that time portion is actually testing your flesh. It's testing you to show you who you are versus who you think you are. God already knows who you are. He already sees into your heart. He already knows what's going on inside of you. And I'm not trying, I'm not going to make excuses for the word. This is a hard word. I already know it. And I know it's probably not going to be received by some, but I don't care. That's between you and God. I'm just going to tell you what he's saying in this hour. He's trying to force the body into a hard ride. And let me tell you, I get the most kickback from the religious, from those who are stuck underneath the law of sin and death. I get the most kickback from these people out of their own fear and their own rage that they may be wrong. Well, guess what? If you're stuck there, you are. You are because you're so full of pride that you refuse to look at your own heart condition. And God has shown you grace, 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 grace. Up until this point, he's been saying, hey, hey, this is the way walk in it. Hey, this is the way walk in it. Hey, you may not want to do that because if you did that, if you do that, you're going to get this. He's trying to show you that. And a lot of you people think you know more than God. And so God is like, okay, now I've got to do this hard right. Boom, I'm going this way now. The cloud's moving on without you. That's what he told you all through C2. And a lot of people tell me, well, that's harsh, Dr. Missy. That's really, really not loving, Dr. Missy. No, love will get tough on you. You misunderstand the Lord's heart. God is not just some little flowery Jesus flying around on the back of a chair somewhere. He's not like that. He turns over tables. And could it be a lot of you have been eating at the wrong table when you should have been turning it over? You should have been turning it over and not eating there. Being careful of the company you keep. Because you become who you hang around. Do you understand? And so the enemy is trying to keep the truth from getting to people because he knows that God's truth, if you receive it, if you're open to it, it'll set you free. God will set you free in people. And so he's trying to turn you away from truth and turn you away from the pathway of God that would have given you freedom and blessing in the end by making you so afraid. This is another uh, strategy of the enemy. He makes people so afraid of being wrong that they don't move at all. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. They just stay where it's comfortable. They stay where it's comfortable and convenient for them because that means they don't have to change. They don't have to look at their hearts. And, and the whole time God's been singing, sending in prophet after prophet after prophet. And these people are the ones that usually cry out saying, well, Lord, when are you going to give me a word? When you... I've been talking to you the whole time, says the Lord. I've been talking to you the whole time. I've been talking to you the whole time. And yet they, they don't want to hear the truth. So, hey, Sylvia Cole, how are you? So, justice is on the scene, and God's saying, I want you to clean it up. He said, and because some of the seeds that some of you have sown have been sown for evil deeds, and Lord says, you're sowing evil for evil. Lord says, you're, you're getting offended over things that were never meant to be perceived as evil because you didn't like the truth, says the Lord. You didn't like the truth. So, now the Lord says, some of those deeds, some of those seeds cannot be taken back regardless of repentance now. This is where the word gets really hard. Well, I'm going to have a lot of hatred over this because those vessels doing it or sowing it knew better. Lord had been trying to show them the whole time. 
when they knew better and that yet they still did what was right in their own eyes. The Lord says, so now I've set you up for judgment, says the Lord. I've set you up for judgment because you chose to throw stones. And the Lord said, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Jesus told this to the Pharisees. Which says you knew better, but you still chose to go your own way. So we're seeing this in the secular. We're seeing this in the spirit. We're seeing this on all seven mountains. Now, remember last Friday, the Lord's saying hypocrisy. He's revealing hypocrisy everywhere. He's revealing it and exposing it everywhere. So this is all part of the C2 witchcraft that hopefully, if you obey, help to bring everything about your heart condition to the surface so that you could know who you were dealing with. The Lord says that out of the heart flow the issues of life. And when people start getting angry at the truth, when you find people manifesting around you because you represent truth or because you speak the truth, that's an indicator about that heart condition. I don't know about you, but I start sensing that. And I'm like, eh, you're not one of God's. Mm. We're not going to say you're not one of God's. I'm going to say you're at the lower you're at the lower levels of the mountain in their lower in their maturity level. Some of them, some of them have good hearts, but if they refuse to come up, they can get left behind. They can get left behind in Egypt, in Egypt. And so this is the purpose of C2 is to actually show you about you, but also to show you who you're dealing with around you. And so out of the heart flow, the issues of life. And if you've crossed through the eye of God, or the eye of the needle, then you've allowed your heart to be inspected by God to see if you met his, met his qualifications. Remember, I told you to move into the higher dimensions of God's heart requires an invitation. You have to be invited to come near a holy God. He doesn't let just anybody near his heart. Do you let just anybody near your heart? God tells you to guard your heart with all diligence. So it's important for us to know who's in our atmosphere and to guard our hearts because not everybody has the best of intentions towards us. Not everybody wants to live life the way we choose to live life. Not everybody has the same standard of living. Okay. And so this is a season now that if you pass through, everything should be feeling light and airy around you where everything has been made new. And there's a new level in this new place, this new level is where the old witchcraft can't touch you now. Have you sensed the change? The things you were battling with three days ago aren't able to touch you in the spirit anymore. They can't touch you in the courts of heaven even. That's the best part about being obedient. <laughs> That's the best part. So hallelujah. So again, if something's of God, Acts 539, these people aren't fighting you. They're fighting God. And they hate you because they can't take you down because they're in their flesh. Because these people are so hell-bent serving two masters. They're not serving the Lord. They're serving themselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, you know, this is a new place God's got you in. And, and it's not limiting. It's not limiting at all. It's setting you free the more obedient you become. And to the world, it seems like, oh, you guys live such narrow lives. No, not really. Not at all. I'm, I'm getting more free than I've ever been in my life. It's just that God is putting boundaries around me. The road that looks narrow to the world is really protection to me. It's protection to you. And it's bringing you into full resurrection power 
that the world craves for. Have you ever noticed we live in a world that just wants power? They're power hungry. It's because they don't have any power. Anymore, they don't have any power. They're limited by their flesh. So the flesh is always going to take you just so far. And then you're done. You're done. You can't do for yourself what holy God can do for you. My God moves mountains for me. That's the God I serve. And so, and he fights for me. And if and if you're serving love, then he's fighting for you. So that nothing's defeating you. Nothing's defeating the calling on your life or the blessings that God has for you. Nothing can take down something that's of God. The enemy can't take it down. He couldn't take Jesus down. Hallelujah. Acts 5.39, I live by that scripture. If something's of God, you're not going to be able to touch it. So you goofy people that are using the courts of heaven and abusing what little power you think you have, you're actually in the second courts you're in the second heaven courts or the demonic courts because you can't come higher near a holy god you'd get yourself killed so god has limited you that's why you keep getting defeated you keep getting defeated in the courts because your words aren't of god they keep falling to the ground if something's not of god it has to fall to the ground and i don't mean that arrogantly i don't mean that pridefully i'm just telling you what he's telling me some of you just don't like the message so if this is what you're experiencing with regard to your walk with where your new positioning is at after C2. You should also be sensing God's truth about everything around you at very deep levels, which means you've come into deeper truth, deeper into God's heart and spirit so that you can see things how he sees them. Okay, so let me tell you what this means for you, actually, because this may be where the part of your walk gets a little hard. Okay. So when we step deeper into God's spirit, you step deeper into his mind. You step deeper into his love. That means his thinking and his ways of feeling, the way he perceives things, into his gifts. You use his gifts. So he's abiding in you. You're abiding in him. And you're able to utilize his gifts like that. Do you realize you have that accessibility? If he's abiding in you and you're abiding in him, you have access to everything in the kingdom within you. And so... When you step into a higher level of Christ, you start seeing things and sensing things through his fivefold gifting sometimes that you'd rather not know. You'd, I don't know about you, but I'd rather not know some of the things I sense about people. And you start sensing their true heart condition, sometimes towards you. Um, you start seeing matters of situations for how the, he sees them, for how they really align or don't align with truth or with love. And sometimes that can get really hurtful. And so I'm going to warn you at this level, you're going to need to ask God, Lord, help me. Regardless of how this makes me feel, help me to stay aligned with truth. Help me to stay aligned with love. Help me to handle this your way. Regardless, because this is part of coming up into maturity. Okay, this is just part of Jesus sees it all. He sees our shortcomings. And he loves us despite ourselves. And so now we're challenged to actually start loving people despite themselves. Okay. So doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. Doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that God is going to allow you to see so you know how to pray. And so that you don't get caught off guard. Okay. So that's part of this new level. So in this level, we're going to truly see on all seven mountains. I'm going to give you the whole overview perspective, by the way. Pardon me. You're going to see who truly despises love and truth. 
and the vessel that carries it by the actions that they participate in and also who they align themselves with. You're going to see who's changed and who has chosen not to change. Okay, so there's a further separating of the sheep and goats because true sheep never want to harm anyone. I don't know about you. I don't want to see people hurt. I don't want to see people have to go and get in the crosshairs of God. I don't want to see people have to go through hardship. I've been fighting like all get out to try to tell people the truth for so long to try to say, hey, listen, don't do that because this is what's going to happen. Don't do that. Well, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know it's not good. And so if you're a true sheep, you just want to see people get free so they can experience love the way you experience love and freedom and wholeness through Christ. And so because that's God's heart, or at least that's the way I know Jesus to be. But those who are still stuck or who have chosen to stay like they are in their prideful thinking that they have this all figured out are clearly going to find out that they've gotten left behind by the cloud because God has now moved his true remnant on. He's moving us on now. He's not wasting a minute. He's he's on a time schedule right now. Have you noticed that? God's saying, do this, do this, do that, do this. And, and it's based, I don't know about you too, but in my, in my walk, the Lord has been putting like John 5, 19 around me. And, and uh, what is the other one? Psalms 37, 32, I think it is. Um, where God orders the footsteps of the righteous. He orders your footsteps forward. Or And, and John 5, 19 is where Jesus only prayed when he heard his father praying. So you're not wasting time anymore. God's not having us waste time anymore. He's like, if you'll just pray when I'm telling you to pray, you're going to have breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. That's what the anointing does. All it takes is one word from God to change the situation. And let me tell you, in our teams right now, in our prayer teams, we're seeing this left and right every single day now. It's just bam, 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 bam. And it literally shifts, permanently shifts the atmosphere. The second we speak a word from God, <clears throat> that's the purpose and only saying what you hear your father saying. So for those who haven't, they're getting left behind because God told us the entire time how to pass the test of C2. He told you every single step of the way. This is where you're at. This is how to deal with it. This is where you're at. This is how to deal with it. And it was to keep us in alignment. But if you chose to do things your own way, then honestly, you got what you got. Got what you got. And the only thing I can do is pray for you. That's the only thing I can do. And, and because I can't walk another person's walk for them, I can't make choices for you. And nor can I help you work through your emotions or of what you think might be right versus what God says is right. Especially when God, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing this too, where people have, um, God gives them confirmation after confirmation after confirmation of his truth and of his presence and that he's in a thing. And yet they just disregard it. I don't know what it is. It's it's like the society's become so fleshly minded now and fleshly focused that they've forgotten how to be heavenly minded. Did you know that? It was God's intention for us to be representing heaven instead of being a representative of the earth and getting stuck in the earth. But we've got so many people that have gotten so worldly minded, they don't know the difference. They don't know how to connect. It's like they get afraid because they're afraid of being wrong. They're so dependent upon self. No, I can do it. I can do this. I can live my life. I've got this under control. 
but things aren't going well for you. So how can you justify that? Things are hard for a lot of you. How can you justify that? And so the times that we're walking through right now might seem confusing at present, but things are about to change. So don't get stuck in what you see with your eyes because your eyes will fail you. Just like the new level of truth you've stepped into, if you are obedient and coming forward in Christ, it was a shift overnight. Boom, just like that. That's the way That's the way God works. He changes things in a second. That's what happens when you follow the, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. Things change in a second. And so all things are being made new in this hour. And the truth is about to expose all the darkness. It's causing all the demonic chess pieces to completely fall off the board. So God's wiping the chess board game clean now. Believe it or not, check this out. To where he's about to start again so that those who didn't understand his moves at this late in the juncture, get this, we're out of C2. This is how good your God is. But those who didn't understand his moves prior would have one more opportunity before the cleansing fire of God hits to come out of the demonic fire they've chosen to stand in. Hopefully you're choosing. Hopefully you're going to say yes, Lord. And the biggest piece of this part of the puzzle is God saying, if you say yes, at this late in the juncture, Get ready for the most chaotic roller coaster ride of your life and the biggest piece of humble pie you've ever eaten. Because the Lord says, I'm going to allow and I'm going to take those vessels a very different way other than the way they could have gone because of their disobedience, which will cause everyone to see them with their pants down or to see what they should have done, which was right in God's eyes. No, you've already done what was right. So if you're coming through. So I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be hard on anybody. I'm not trying to put fear into you. God is not a God of fear. Perfected love cast out fear. But if you did what was right in following God through C2 and things feel new and they feel light and airy around you, that's an indicator you've shifted. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He still makes a way where there is no way. <clears throat> but you just won't have to wait, which I'm really shocked about. I'm very shocked at this. But I really believe it's because God is so adamant about getting as many people into position as he possibly can in this hour. He's never, I've never seen him say this in all the years that he's had me walk through C2. I've never seen him do this. He's always like, well, let's go to the next year. They'll have to wait another year before they can do this again. But he's offer, He's offering it again. But it's going to cost you something. So It always costs us something to step into holiness. It always costs us something. And if we've disobeyed, then it usually cost us our pride, which is probably the best thing that could ever happen to us. So that leads us into Ezra 8, 21 through Ezra 9, 15. It talks about God's hand, Ezra's hand, and the Jew's hand. Check this out. So God's like, in this hour, he's saying, get ready to get to be astonished because God is going to show us why we need to obey. When people try to join themselves to our lives. <clears throat> because in this hour, relationships are everything. Relationships are everything. And when we join ourselves with people who have ungodly behaviors, we become who we hang around. It will cost you something. The relationships, the people you join yourself to will cost you something in this hour. 
If their hearts don't align with the truth, it will cost you something. Remember when God brings judgment on a house, everybody around that house that hasn't aligned as well gets singed by the fire. So you want to make sure you're aligned with God, with truth in this hour. Okay. So at this point, God's been faithful in Ezra's time to get Israel out of Egypt. But after they enter the promised land, they turned back and they ran, ran back to some bad people. They went back to old relationships. They went back to people that were familiar with them because they didn't want to change. They didn't feel like they had a need to change. They, they stayed where it was comfortable because that's all they had ever known. And God's like, why did you do that? I told you I would take care of you. I told you I would provide for you along the way. And you got scared midway through. So you ran back? You ran back because I didn't move as fast as you thought I should move? Or because maybe you got into a financial situation and you think, oh, God's not in this. No, you didn't wait long enough. God's like, I don't ever take you somewhere that I don't provide for you. That's just one scenario out of many. Some of you people ran back to family members. Some of you people ran back to relationships, friendships that you shouldn't have been in. Some of you went back to old churches. God's like, what are you thinking? I separated you away for a reason. And it's because when you join yourselves to these people, like in Ezra's day, which they joined themselves to the wrong people in marriage, <clears throat> or they had to pay consequences <clears throat> of their compromise. So no wonder Ezra was astonished. But then he was ashamed. He was ashamed because he knew what it was fixing to cost them. And he tried to use several images to show those around him that they were drowning men in their sins. They were like drowning men in their sins. They were drowning and they were causing their own demise. Yet they sinned even more, taking on the attitude of, well, I'm already deep. And deep kimchi with the Lord, I might as well just go full tilt boogie. Might as well just dive deep in this thing. If this is going to cost me something from the Lord, why would you do that? Oh my gosh, why would you do that? Lord's saying, that's just stupidness. I'm not trying to be rude, I'm being honest. As a human being, I'm being very honest. Why would you cause yourself more problems? <clears throat> because the Lord said, those who are wise know not to push the Father. And honestly, if I were these people, I would have been fearful enough of the Lord to have stopped right there once I'd been called down on the carpet. But rebellion will always take you places you never meant to go. Do you feel the, the severity of this, this message right now? I'm just like, oh my gosh, I was writing this down thinking, oh, good night. We were walking in some real, I started feeling it actually last week. I started feeling it last week where <clears throat> I started sensing the severity of the new place where we were about to step into. And I didn't realize the severity until today. It's like really serious. Like where you don't want to test God. Have you ever been at that place with your parents? If you had a, hopefully you had a good relationship with your folks uh, and you got disciplined by your parents. And like with my dad, my dad, I loved him. We were best friends, but he was one of these people when he said no, he meant no. He's like, don't dispute my word. Don't come back at me 10 times asking me why, dad, why, why, why? Because I said so. And I made the mistake of doing that one time. 
one time, maybe twice. Usually, I think it's only remembered maybe once as a maybe like a seven-year-old kid because I was a curious kid. I was like, why, Dad? Why? Why, Daddy? Why? 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 And he came back and he popped back and said, because I said so, Melissa Ray. Learn to listen to me and obey. And I thought, oh. And he goes, and if you ask me again that, I'm going to ground you. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. So, you know, I learned not to do that. So and my dad was a good example of the Lord to me because he said what he meant and he meant what he said. That's my relationship with God the Father. He says what he means and he means what he says. So I can trust him. I can take him at his word, even though in my new levels that I'm walking in, it takes a little bit more faith. But, you know, God made you. He made me and he knows how he made us. So if you're feeling stretched right now and you're feeling like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm walking in the right place. And I, and I just don't, you know, I just, it's just like more than I can handle. No, it's not. He made you. He equipped you knowing that he was going to stretch you in this season. And he knew what you could handle. He knew what you could handle. It's you or us that have the problem with second guessing God. He's very sure of the end result of where he's trying to take you. Yes, it does. And it will challenge every fiber in your being. But God bless you people who take him at his word. And you're like, you know what, God? I don't know where this is going. But I just know in all my other interactions with you, you've been faithful. You've been completely faithful. So you know what? I'm excited. This is an adventure. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That's where he's taking some of you right now. So in Ezra's day, though, with this people group, God had shown them grace after grace after grace and had held back punishment. But this repeat, this rebellious people group didn't appreciate it because they wanted truth to come into their life their way. They, they expected God to align with them instead of them aligning with him. And they wanted to live their lives the way they saw fit, playing their own God living in their man-made chaos. And so all God could do now was to punish them even more because God couldn't allow them to stand before him in such disgrace. Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe he used that word either. They were a disgrace to him at that, this point because they were so rebellious. Let's go further. So no justification. Lord showed me was moral superiority. Do you feel like you get people around you like this when you've chosen to align and you're choosing to walk in truth? And then there are those who are trying to do right by God. And, and then you have these people who aren't doing right by God. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. And they're judging you for trying to do what you feel like God's telling you to do. And and they, they will give every justification under the sun. Well, well, you know, and they'll point out the sins of other people without looking at the log of their own eye first. See, when you start judging other people without looking at yourself first, you automatically set yourself up for judgment. Because God says, judge not lest you be judged. Judgment starts at the house of God first. Who's the house of God? Who's the temple of the Lord? You. You. So it starts from the inside and works its way out works its way out and so those who are more willing to listen to the truth and they're like Whoa. like i i was looking at this today thinking god is there anything in me you know do i need to look at anything please forgive me for anything that i've said or done knowingly or unknowingly forgive me god but help me to stay aligned with you 
those are the ones that usually have the most success. And I'm not saying I'm going to tell all be all that sounds bad to say it like that. But that's like, that's how I deal with God. I'm very honest with God. And so it's like, okay, if you want me to clean something up, then put it around me. Put it around my mentors. Put it around everybody. I'll repent anyway. I'm going to repent anyway because I don't want to be, I don't want to be caught unaware. So, so these people though, that don't want to change, <clears throat> They have a tendency to look at your sin because people who live in glass houses always throw, seem to throw stones. And remember, Jesus told the Pharisees this when he was correcting them, when they brought the woman naked before him, and he never would look at her. He never would look at her. He said, those of you without sin cast the first stone. He was reminding them of their own sin. He was reminding them of their own heart condition. And so these people are usually the ones that are condemning the hearts who are trying to do what's right. And had they only repented they would fully align themselves but there's a difference when we make mistakes and it's really really sincerely severe in this season because it's all about the heart it's all about the heart in this season god's like how submissive are you to me how submissive is your heart to me says the lord because god knows we're human but he's paying attention to the hearts who will submit to him as their god being able to truly relate and trust him in their weaknesses, trusting us, trusting him to set us free. That's what it's about. Hi, Joyce. Hi. How are you doing? It's good to see you. So, okay, so we're going to wrap this up. But the remnant during Ezra's days, we wrap this up, served a mighty, served as a mighty peg. They were the remnant serving as a mighty peg to hold God's standard in place for these people to compare their behaviors to, which aided in helping to turn a nation back to God. So you may not think your walk is making a difference. You may not think your obedience is making a difference. And you may think sometimes it's not worth it because of all the flack you get. But I am so here to tell you, after the test is over with and you're walking in the blessing and they're not, oh, it's so worth it to me. It is so worth it to me. And I'm not, and I'm not all about religion either. I'm not a religious person. I'm a relational person. I keep that relationship right with the Lord. I try to always stay honest with him. Lord, see if there's anything in me. And if you don't like it, I'll change it. Help me change, God. Ooh, I didn't know I was like that. Ooh, Lord. Ooh. And he does. He does because of your willingness to participate in the freedom. He wants to set us free. Pardon me. So Ezra saw this and Ezra had seen God reveal his word. But this people group that weren't listening didn't obey him. And instead, they chose to go back to their fleshly behaviors like a dog to their vomit. But the remnant did listen. The true remnant of God chose to trust him no matter what. And to walk through fire, come hell or high water. They chose to come in deeper into deeper waters of love so that love would make his way onto the scene. Which brings us to 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 13. It talks about separation versus those tolerating sin i didn't make up these titles by the way this is what the lord shows me so and this is actually where god has called the church to help set sinners free he's called us to help people get free instead of getting involved in boasting over their sin have you noticed that instead of people actually helping people get free now they're actually more tolerant in the church of things that we used to never tolerate, things that would make people just, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that in the house of God. Lack of honor is unbelievable to me today. 
lack of honor is just, wow, wow. We're seeing it from the top down. Dishonor. And yet we have people expecting people to, from the bottom up, from the top down, we're seeing people behave in ways that they are dishonoring everybody else around them, but yet expecting everybody to honor them. It's like, what, are you hypocrite? What, are you stuck on stupid? It doesn't work like that. That's a spiritual law. Galatians 6, 7, you reap what you sow. So how can you possibly expect people to be courteous to you and honoring of you and respectful of you when there's something wrong in your heart? How can you expect that? That's not God. That's not God's ways. That's breaking spiritual laws all over the place. So instead of seeing the church get free and the church be a healing center, they think that judgment and justice is never going to come. And so now we're here, we're walking in judgment with justice right on its tail. And the presence of the immoral man should have turned the Passover feast into a funeral instead of having true Christians or leadership act like it's no big deal. They began to join the ranks and participate for fear of appearing less hip or truly moral. People are afraid of what good morals will cost them in this hour. I'm like, really? I'm afraid of what it will cost me not to obey. Seriously? That's what I'm absolutely astounded by. Hey, Karen, how are you? It's good to see you down here. Facebook, it's good to see you guys. So, James Hendrick, I was just thinking about you too. Good afternoon, guys. It's good to see you guys. So, it's amazing to me how the script has flipped to where we've got people calling right, wrong, and wrong, right. Have you noticed that? And God, the Bible warned us about that. Woe be you who call right, wrong, and wrong, right. You automatically start breaking spiritual laws. And so here we go. Here we go now. And God is saying in this hour, if you've participated in this type of behavior, get ready to get your house, house judged because I've been warning you this entire time. Yet you're, you persisted in what you thought was right instead of what I said was right. Lord said, did I not tell you last Friday that hypocrisy was going to be exposed everywhere? Not because I said it, but it's happened. It's starting to happen now. And He's starting with the hypocrisy of the heart within us, within all hearts around us, so that we, as well as others, would truly see who we were. And if we're truly who we say we are, he's starting at the house of God. But tolerating known sin in the church is like putting leaven into the Passover feast, and God gets highly offended. However, the good news is this. The good news is that there was a celebration going on as the church for the remnant of God had readied themselves to move into the high holy days where those who had been obedient had come before the Lord to be inspected to ensure that they were not defiled by that sin, by their own personal sin. And so for the obedient, you're on your way into your promised land blessings and you've continued down your path to receive all that God has for you. And for those who stepped into this place of obedience. It is a place of isolation, whether you like it or not. But as believers, you know, you need to understand something. That sin in the life of a believer is worse than the sin in the life of an unbeliever because they don't know any better. We do. We know better. And so when we find ourselves making excuses for not getting free and making excuses for 
choosing to stay the same, thinking that it's never going to cost us something, we're kidding ourselves. We're kidding ourselves. And by the way, I've seen this happen over and over and over, even in my own family, where I've seen people test God and test God and test God. And I'm thinking, oh, God, they're about to get judged. And I would sense judgment rising. And I would sense it right about five times on this one person. Where eventually it did cost them. God took him home. Took him home. And I'm thinking, I've seen it happen four times in my family now. Four times. In the last six years. I'm like, oh my God. And people don't take judgment seriously. Especially if you're walking with the gift of love. You've got the presence of God in your vessel. You know better. You've got the presence of God in your vessel. And have, if you're a front runner, on your vessel from birth. Birth. So you've got firsthand experience as to what God is saying. He's with you all the time. He's with you all the time. We're just choosing not to listen. And so we know better. And when we run into disobedient believers, it's our job. If they're not complying, it is your job to be a standard bearer and to set yourselves apart, to separate yourselves from their disobedience. No matter how big the platform or how well known they are, it doesn't matter. You got to check in your spirit, separate, ask the Lord about it, separate it. Hey, warrior for Christ, <clears throat> but get away from the heart condition that's disobedient because when people refuse to get honest with God, their dishonesty can pollute your walk and your blessings as well as your future. And when God separates you, it's because he's usually getting ready to discipline them. So in this hour, I can't stress this enough. I've never felt this like I'm sensing it in this day where the word <clears throat> is getting, for those who are aligned, is getting very pure. The truth is getting in your face and he's getting up in our face saying, are you aligned with me? You sure you're aligned with me? Have you sought me to let me put my finger on some things? Just in case, just in case, just making sure you would have found you're finding that out. If you made it through C2, hopefully you did. But the Lord's saying, don't ever allow yourself, regardless of how tired you are. Don't ever allow yourself to drop your standards in me. Because my standards are never dropped, meaning my spiritual laws never stop working. They never change. God says, I don't change. When we sin, that means we're the ones who did. We're the ones who got misaligned. Which brings us to Psalms 31, 1 through 8, which talks about David. Because David, like you has had to deal with realignment. He's had to deal with difficulty um, in his relationships and, and difficulty in standing for what was right. He's, golly, I'm over here. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm, I should have put my screen right there, but who cares? So anyway, David had to experience this. And sometimes serving God will cost you. And even during David's reign, he had enemies all around him. And, and they usually were people who didn't want to align with truth. Are God's ways and sometimes it cost him it's all about who you're connected to their roots and their fruits now did David mess up you bet we all know his sin but at least he was honest about it if you know he went immediately to God he was called out by the prophet and he went to the Lord about it to get it cleaned up and so <clears throat> when people don't want to align with God or his ways it's because they think that they know God better than they know him. They think that he's accepting of them the way that they are. But it, just like in David's day, some thought that 
they were alive when they had encountered the king. And I'm talking about David, the king. Um, what they found, though, was a man who was loyal to God above anything. Now, why is this important? Because David was a standard bearer. And I'll tell you, my, one of my mentors, actually two of my mentors, have told me, one especially told me, Missy, you and I get along just fine as long as you don't come between me and my relationship with God. <clears throat> and I'm like, woo! So, take me a few years to figure that out, but I, I've gotten what she meant. She'll always put God first in everything, and boy, has she. She has so put God first. She puts God above our friendship. She puts God first in everything. And let me tell you, those types of relationships, they are so healthy. They're healthy. God will, God will always have a word, a fresh word for you in due season. You should begin to trust the Lord on that vessel because you know they're very loyal to God. They're very loyal to God. These are the hearts God's looking for in this hour. <clears throat> they're loyal to God first. And so David was loyal to God above anything. What these enemies found out is they received what they received was a human with flaws, but a heart who would do anything God told him to do, regardless of the cost. And so what this obedience cost David was relationships. Not everybody liked David. <clears throat> Not every leader liked it because they realized he couldn't be manipulated because David refused to compromise, but he also knew his own weaknesses and made sure to relate those honestly before his king his king was jesus lord of lord and the king of kings and so it's one thing to walk with the lord but an entirely different thing to walk honestly with the lord and within with ourselves about our matters of the heart because a heart that refuses correction is a heart quickly on its way into rebellion and into god's crosshairs and and it seems to be happening faster and faster now as the body comes closer to love and closer into deeper uh, levels of God's spirit because God cannot be where sin is. And so like David, though, his obedience placed him in the crosshairs of men, but his loyalty placed him in the favor of God, in the favor of God. And so that was because those men didn't truly know David's God the way he knew him. And some thought that they did like Saul. King Saul thought he did, but we, we saw King Saul, who was more sold out to himself and his own ways and rebellion rather than obedience to God. And that cost him his kingdom. Sin will cost you. <clears throat> Sin will cost you. Disobedience will cost you. You don't think it's going to cost you because you haven't seen it yet. But let me tell you, it will bite you in the butt at some point in the venture. And it will cost you more than you've ever been willing to pay. But what David knew, outside of what these evil men and women who were judging him didn't know, was that David would rather have been right with God than being right with men. Wow. So, feelings. This goes into feelings now as we wrap this up today. We're doing pretty good. You know, there was a time when David had to work past his own emotions when it came to God because his disobedience at one time had made him sick. Did you know that? He'd gotten very sick and, and God will use everything. He'll use sickness or whatever he has to use to get us into realignment. To bring David back to a place of submission. Why on earth do we want to put ourselves through those things? Have you ever been in that place of disobedience or rebellion to the Lord? He had warned you and warned you. I did this when I was dumb and young. <clears throat> young and dumb. And God had said, you don't, uh, you ought not do that. He was telling me things like, you shouldn't do that. And I didn't listen. 
didn't listen. And then I, it's, you know, it's like things just kept getting deeper and worse and more difficult. And I finally thought, this is for the birds. Why am I putting myself through this? And God's like, yeah, I'm wondering the same thing. Why are you putting yourself through this? He said, because if you'd listened a long time ago, like about two years ago, that you wouldn't even be here right now. You'd be in such a better place. And I thought, wow. So that was my five-year rebellious stand. I was rebellious for about five years of my life. And then, then I had to come back into the church, and that was a whole other story. <clears throat> I thought the church was crazy. And little did I know that Jezebel had entered the church back then and was turning it upside down on its head. And so, oh, my gosh. And so this is this is just so interesting right now with where we're walking because God's always about getting us past our feelings because your feelings have nothing to do with your faith. Do you understand that? Even in your trust in God, our feelings have nothing to do with our faith. Totally different, totally different thing. And so it's up to us when we're challenged with obeying the word of the Lord to setting our feelings down and saying, you know what, God, I don't know what this is taking, but I know this is you and I'll just wait for your next directive. And I think the problem is, is that the church hasn't been taught how to walk out a word of the Lord and how to decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing, and to work through the patterns of the seasons of God's heart to understand when the testings occur and how they're being tested. And so we just live life as usual because the earth is all we've ever known. And so now God is making us all aware of how he's doing things. He's helping us to pass the test. And you want to know why I think he's doing it like that? I think he's doing it like that because he loves us. Because he wants to make sure we succeed. But we're the ones who become our own worst enemy when we choose not to listen. That's what the problem is. So Lord's saying, I've already talked about that. I'm not going to go into that. We're going to move in to Proverbs 21, 1 through 2. And, you know, I really, really feel like, you know, as we move in through these days that we're facing right now, this should be the most exciting time in your life. This really should. You you were lifted up such time as this. God put us into this time because he equipped us. He built us for this time. And who God call, whom God calls, he qualifies. And so he's trying to help us to understand we can trust him. We can trust him with what he's leading us into, with what he's preparing us and, and having us walk through and experience and see around us. We can trust him because he's a good, he's a good God and he's got pure goodness in store for us. He didn't tell us to be comfortable all the time, but he did promise us a great plan in the future. And he did promise that he would keep us safe. And so that leads me to Proverbs 21, 1 and 2 as we wrap this up today. And it speaks that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. And every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Can you imagine? So to me, this word today from last Friday, have you sensed that it's getting a little bit more pressuresome? It's getting a little bit more intense. It's because God is saying, are you aligned? Are you aligned with me? If not, if you don't think you are, say, yes, God, align me. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Whatever you got to do, I'm with you. I don't want to be caught with my pants down. I don't want to be caught unawares of anything that could harm me and my family. And I'm not trying to put fear in your heart. There's no fear in love. But this is a very, very different time right now that we're living in. And so God's saying, take me seriously. Take me seriously when I tell you to do things. 
Are you encouraged today? <clears throat> I love you guys. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. Um, we do these revs on Tuesdays and on Fridays. I hope to have them up and have less technicality issues. It's just some funky things going on with Streamlabs right now, but I love Streamlabs. It's a lot of fun. Thank you guys for all that you do too in Streamlabs. But hope you guys enjoyed the rev today. Um, if you're needing any, uh, Thing. If you want the notes or anything, you can email me at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. There's not really too much on these notes today. Sometimes I give prayer directives within them, so you can ask for them, and we'll be happy to give them to you. But if you're looking for a support system, a church home, you're looking for somebody to help you learn how to battle high-level witchcraft, that might be us. Hopefully that would be you if you're a front runner. We'd like to talk to you. Again, email me at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. We would love to talk to you guys, but it's always a blessing to talk to you. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday, and until Friday, have a great one. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.